0: Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oilseed and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar, thanks for tuning in to episode 202. How does going to the footy compare to going to a sally yard in terms of social connection? That's one of the questions from our guest Heather Ellis on today's episode. Heather is from Blue Ren Connections and joins me to discuss the research she has done on the social value of sale yards and how this sales channel has been an important place for connection and community for regional and rural Australia. So Helen is a social worker by trade that grew up on the land, spending a lot of time at Bobby Calf Sales and now runs the leadership development programs for teams and communities, particularly in around rural and regional Queensland. We'll get straight into the episode today. I hope you enjoy it.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Commodity Conversations. This week is brought to you by ProAdvice. ProAdvice offer tailored services to suit your accounting needs. They have a long history of working with farming families and they understand the day-to-day realities and challenges of farm life. Whether it be strategic and succession planning, improving your communication and decision-making, or accounting services and business software solutions, ProAdvice will help your farm run more efficiently. Hop on their website, or give them a call to find out more.
0: Heather, welcome to Commodity Conversations. Olivia, thanks for having us today. So our regular listeners will know we had Joel Rocks on, from Agronouse on the podcast a few weeks ago when he was talking about the digitization of the livestock sector and how they're adding value and efficiencies back through the chain using data and technology. And it was actually Joel that pointed us in your direction because your research really grabbed our attention looking at the human element or the social value of sale yards to rural communities. So can you tell us a little bit about the aims of this research and how it came about?
1: Sure. So uh, I'd like to acknowledge the team at Agrofos because it, I think also it's important that we look into the future. And so technology is a big part of how we embrace that change going forward. But talking about the people stuff, which is really fundamental. So the research we looked at social value is it's come about. Um, And I'd really like to acknowledge um, the Australian Livestock Markets Association and and one of their um, outgoing board members, Steph Whitaker. And in terms of actually thinking about um, sale yards, not only do they provide economic, it's a cool place hub where there's business happening, um, but they play a really important vital role for rural and regional parts of Australia where people get a chance to come together, connect, socialise, shake hands share a smile, a bit of banter, um, often a pat on the back, and, and people stop and have a yarn and catch up. And so it's capturing the social value what we were looking at is capturing like how vital is that for this um, particular industry and cohort of people. Um, and we did a little bit of comparing and contrast, looking at um, people had different experiences if they went to the races or the football or they talked about local shows where they might not have such in-depth conversations, but when they came to the sale yards, they often had deeper, more meaningful conversations. And they might not have their problems solved when they caught up with their friends or had a yarn with their mate. But people often mentioned about feeling a lot lighter when they left, you know, so that's that problem shared. And um, I mean, there was so much more come out of the research, but when we think about social value, it kind of... um, the, the, I guess when we think about what is social value, it's very different to um, social impact. So social impact is kind of, if if you thought about a local touch footy comp, it, it starts at the beginning and then it finishes. Um, and so there's a start and an end. When we think about social value, it's this building on ongoing building. So when we're looking at social value, we're hearing from the importance, the experiences that people have And then we gather that data and information and it helps us form a a better understanding so that we can make better decisions going forward. So it's that value because, you know, most sale yards have been around for a hundred plus years in lots of different parts and pockets. And so there's this culture where it's been ongoing, where it's been a gathering place, a meeting place, this social hub where people have had a chance to come together and connect. And so it's looking at what is it about that value?
0: And I could imagine that that would be something that is different from person to person as well, Heather, what what social value is.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, when we think about people who choose to be in the industry, quite often people, um, if you're a primary producer from the land, you're used to working on your own. And so there's a very real difference between um, social isolation um, or people choose to be isolated and, and, and have that and might only come to town once a fortnight, once a month, whatever that might be, to um, not having an opportunity to actually come together. And because we're hardwired for connection, right? It's part of our fundamental basic human needs. Um, whether we're an introvert or an extrovert at some point we need to come and have a place where we can connect and belong when we have that belonging and connection and you might have noticed some of the key elements that came through in the data around socialization belonging connection when we have that in our lives it improves our wellness and then when we improve our well-being then that actually can improve productivity which leads to better economic benefits, better uh, for individuals, communities, businesses. So it has a flow on impact. So when we have that place where there is a uh, social value, this hub of connection and belonging, where people feel a part of it. And, and I'm not sure, I mean, I grew up on the land. And so, you know, you can know when you walk into a set of sale yards that often you can have that experience of having a chat with someone or connecting and people that we interviewed, they often, if they were new to a region, would go to the sale yards to try and meet local people. Um, and, and so it's that belonging and connection that you can be a part of something. Uh, also, when you think about even um, our ageing members of the community, when they're retired, uh, a lot of people that we interviewed kind of come across that uh, even though they're retired, they came to the yards because they still had an opportunity to be a part of something that they were connected with with their lives. And they felt, you know, there was value in that. Um, And so it creates a sense of belonging connection for so many different people, not only the agents and buyers and and yard managers and producers, but lots of different pockets. We had stories from different people everywhere that came back and were able to feel a part of something that they were historically a part of.
0: Yeah, I think it's something that we've come across in our research as well. We've looked at, at time to time at the economic side of the value of sale yards, but that theme of the social connection and the importance of having that meeting place to share information and ideas and just connect really came through as well. Yeah. Um, I
1: think one of the other key elements that came out of it, a lot of people, not only the information hub of sharing knowledge and wisdom and banter and humour, and and I think some people um, might have used the term gossip, yeah. it was this other thing or, was really key Um, and I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but it was over the 50s where people either employed 50%, I think it was something like 57%, where either people gained employment or actually found employees. You know, there was kind of this transaction that happened that so-and-so knew so-and-so who was looking for work or someone had a certain skill set. So, you know, there's a real network of information exchange. Um, People improve their productivity by learning from one another, but also that a place, it is a real transactional hub of sharing of, of information as well as that in that social connection as well.
0: Flipping to the other side of this, Heather, there was a quote that you put in the report from Hugh McKay, which I really liked. It was, human beings are like mobs of kangaroos, like these animals We're creatures who thrive on connection and belonging with each other when we're at our best, when we're fully integrated with the herd we're at our worst when we're isolated. And I think the pandemic really brought this to light. And, of course, there were times during the pandemic where attendance at sale yards was restricted. So what were some of the impacts you saw or you heard through your interviews of when people couldn't attend sale yards?
1: Yeah, look, it it impacted people on lots of different levels Um, in terms of people's behaviour when they're in a place of fear, um, people behave very angu- angrily and also when that right was withdrawn. But what we also saw was innovative. And I think about Victoria leading the way in terms of it became quite creative after a number of lockdowns and found a way that allowed pro- producers to attend. It also limited, they introduced a new policy, limited um ageing members of the the community but certainly producers then uh, were able to attend but we didn't see that flow through in other states necessarily. Um, I think that the trick with this was um, in terms of that I guess with the research we know that when people experience that social isolation it can actually lead into deep-seated depression and loneliness which is very different to being socially isolated when we move into loneliness which impacts our health and well-being, and and I don't think the sayad industry was alone in that. I think as a nation, people experienced this real struggle about not being able to access things, and uh, I, the industry was successful to be able to keep maintaining and and operating, which is which is quite exciting for the industry that that was able to happen. But it did have a flow-on impact, and I guess it was state by state, but also region by region in terms of how people were directly impacted. In some places were impact more than others. Um, but I guess what we do know is that flow on impact when people experience not only social isolation they might choose but move into loneliness and then that flow on impact around um, impacts our health and well being into depression. But we see that in... Um, Natural disasters. So, when we think about droughts and floods, when people can't bring their stock in or don't have a legitimate reason to come in and they're not coming in, um, then I'm often curious about their well being. And often I think we saw that producers really did care for one another, not only producers, but agents and vendors, you know, other people at the yards. They often noticed if someone hadn't been in attendance. And so they would be curious and, and someone would usually you know check in on each other. And so that's that peer support that happens um in this space around well-being. But there's also an opportunity, you know, the research was not primarily focused on mental health and well-being, but there's an the opportunity for more research to have a stronger focus on the role that this connected community in the sale yards, the hub in the industry, what role it could potentially play. There was certainly, <clears throat> pardon me some threads and themes that came up that um, in terms of awareness of people wearing the, um, in, in different places, the tradie mutt shirts to on Fridays to create awareness around starting the conversation to um, having people that were based at the sale yards maybe four or five times a year at different yards and creating awareness of whether, the, whether that was about actually um, creating an opportunity or a platform for people to do their mental health first aid. There was, there were yards where, where agents and community members wanted to know how do they look after each other? And so having the right person to deliver that kind of information to that audience was really helpful. Um, Having awareness days, but also having, um, there were a couple of organizations. uh, I'll talk predominantly about Queensland because they came to mind um, where by, which is the Burnett Inland Economic Development Group, had a uh, drought resilience worker, but he was from the land. And so he was kind of that glue that kind of referred people on. So he had information around rural finance and so forth, but he was also well-equipped and skilled around mental health. But he didn't have a shirt on to say that I'm a, a specialist in this area and kind of did that warm referral onto. Um, specific supports and needs. And and the same would be happened. um, Lifeline. um, We had, they had a retired dairy farmer who'd volunteered at Lifeline for 20 years and realized that they need a specific program. So they've got a a funded pilot project um, happening with Lifeline in the Brisbane Valley called Farmer to Farmer. And so that's um, having a dairy farmer that people can actually pick up the phone and have a, have a conversation with in that particular way. And, In other pockets, we saw the RFDS um, really championing, um, um, just trying to think of the actual quote, I'll just bear with me, Um, where uh, they quoted, were saying um, with the RFDS, you know, small talk, um, big difference. And so, you know, um, we captured that in the research around. So there is a lot more work to do around how, um, in terms of thinking about wellbeing being um, in a modern workplace, like what does well-being and what does the role play? Um, because we've got a cohort and an audience that we might not normally tap into in other places. Um, so there's an opportunity for more supports and services. I'm not saying that everything needs to be delivered there and it needs to be place-based. I don't think a cookie-cutter model rolling out a whole pile of stuff is, is universally is helpful. I think it needs to be listening to the community and what the community want and need.
0: Yeah, and I think when you called it a hub before, that's a really good example of how those different services have have come in and and played a part in in that sale yard. Um, But look, I'm talking to Heather Ellis on Commodity Conversations and Heather, you interviewed 105 participants as part of this research and I can only imagine you got some pretty interesting conversations in there. So were there any surprising findings from the research that you maybe didn't expect?
1: Yeah, Um, Just before we jump into that, I will talk about a little bit around we, it was a national piece of research. So we had 152 people participate in an online survey, we had an opportunity to observe six sects of sale yards. And then, yes, you're right, there were 105 interviews conducted. So it was quite a diverse in terms of pulling that data, rich data together and actually, um, you know, exploring that and expanding on that a bit further. Um, in the actual report there were probably not there were not probably there were definitely there were 19 other threads and themes that came out that weren't the core focus but we tried to capture and there were lots of different elements in there um, in terms of you know we were it was quite interesting, um, a number of people reported finding their life partners <laughs> like the love and romance. Who would have put that with sale yard Industry? Um, so that was quite fascinating. There was also some interesting conversations around um, children and actually um, while um, there is the workplace health and safety component about having children at sale yards, it, was, it it's kind of fits into this... Um, When we ask people about their best day at the sale yards um often people reverted back to when they were a child and they remember being there with their uncle or their father and there was this interesting great experience at the rich experience so kids have always been involved in sale yards in some way shape or form so it's this dance we do around risk management and safety planning because we have a cohort of working mums that actually would like to have a more active role in the industry but it isn't necessarily, there isn't a place where people can actually, yeah, it's not necessarily a child-friendly space. So I guess, again, this is play space. It's an opportunity to explore what does that actually look like and how can we get better because we're missing out on rich knowledge and and skills from different people because they can't access a workplace. So I think there's an opportunity for growth around how we can get a bit better at that. Um, And that kind of fits in with... um, improving the culture um, in terms of diversity um, to have access to the sale yards um, and so it can be a little bit trickier um, and, and it's probably a room for growth when we think about um, when we think about a modern workplace there are behaviors and actions that probably showed up in the research and data and it wasn't true in all workplaces and all industries but Um, that that are not socially acceptable anymore. And when we think about gender diversity and I think there's what I heard from the women that I interviewed, they were super keen to be in part of it, but there was a barrier and a struggle quite often um, about it not being welcome in place. Um, And that's not true for all women, but certainly um, they really had to work hard at being able to be respected I guess in the workplace, and so there's some wiggle room there for growth for the industry, and also some unwanted behaviours that need to be addressed, and which kind of moves to calling it, you know, looking at leadership in terms of people having the skills to call out behaviours that aren't okay as well. Um, if that is that helpful?
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I think you know, you you said it's it's wasn't the core focus of this research, but again, you know, an important thing that has come out for it important to call it out Um, and i think you know the fact that there is growth opportunity and and people are certainly uh paying more attention to the issue and and wanting to make changes is really positive
1: yeah Uh, and i think that's the exciting thing about what's possible going forward like if we don't talk about where there's room for growth around um diversity um and and actually having an inclusive workplace i mean um then, then, how can we be part of the the change and innovation to the future? Because we really do need to celebrate the, the knowledge and wisdom that everyone can play being part of an active work in workspace. And so, that means we actually have to be a bit more open to um, on the ground what that um, how we can be more inclusive um, in workplaces. Look, some some of the other things that were really important. Um, with a diverse range of kind of services and supports. So we saw things like, um, you know, support services or people with disabilities having a place of acceptance in sale yards, you know. And so, you know, this is really important to celebrate as well. As an industry, often there can be a negative spin on the industry, but there's some really positive things. And I really would like that take home message to come up. We have an industry where people do care about each other. We have an industry where um, there's more inclusivity with with accessibility, Um, but there's also some room for growth in terms of accessibility. When I talk about that, um, you know, uh, I'm not saying that all yards need to be accessible, but we need to have places where um, older members of our community that are valued and have given their knowledge and wisdom back into the industry, they'd love a chair at the front of the canteen so they can sit and actually catch people coming through because their knowledge and wisdom. This is their part of their community and their hub, and it feeds into their well-being as well. And so that's kind of the added-on um, social value that it's when we think about diversity. It really um, for that particular of old, group of older men. Like we saw this, I'll have a shared this story with you. Um, one set of yards we came to, and we were chatting with a gentleman, and he brought in these lemons and. He was bringing them into the, um, the canteen operator um, and he was sharing with us that she actually, instead of the styrofoam cup, she has a china teacup and a china teapot for him. And, you know, since his wife had passed away, you know, this kind of wraparound caring nature that happens. You know, it's really powerful and this kind of exchange, and even yard managers building connections with with this group, you know, we're sharing fishing stories and then people bring in fish, you know. So there's this really web of connection and caring that I guess it doesn't really get highlighted or celebrated. This mateship, if if, for want of another word, and friendship. So that's, I guess, at the core of this social value and the social bit
0: that actually gives back to our communities in lots of different ways. And I think that's like a really quintessential regional community example and, you know, a perfect fit for how that's operating and happening at Salyards as well, Heather.
1: Yeah. I might leave you, um, you know, oh, I'm not sure if we're getting to the end, but when we think about some of the quotes, I remember I went and talked about something else but you know a couple of the quotes like when you think about um one one person that I interviewed stated that when you're at the sale yards it's a genuine it's genuine it's happiness it's interaction it's engagement it's connecting with your fellow people it's not like are you okay days we're doing this in a genuine way every day and I think that's you know there's a core element to that kind of to that particular comment Around, um, you know, the connection and camaraderie that kind of happens. Um, and while some of that banter might be below the line, there's a lot of good stuff that happens above the line. Um, yeah, which is is which is exciting, and it's also important for the industry to take the time to celebrate.
0: Yeah, yeah, and important to call out as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, to find that balance, but um, around what's going well within the industry and really celebrate that social value because there isn't anywhere else that um, that this particular cohort of rural Australians kind of gets this need met in such a way. Um, and there was a real power just touching on canteens, like the role that they play. Um, and it kind of brings it back to that simplicity around kitchen table conversations. But predominantly I've, there's a sense that canteens are this place where there's a story shared, a hot cup of tea, and, and lots of yarning happen. I mean, there was, it was really clear to observe that sometimes people didn't even see their cattle being sold. They were standing in a laneway having a chat with someone they hadn't seen for two years or six weeks or whatever it might have been. Um, so this is this social hub of activity that's really powerful to create a place for people to come together and connect. We're hardwired for connection.
0: And I think that's a great place to finish up today, Heather. It was great to have you on the podcast. I think it's a really important topic to get some airtime and we thank you for taking us through it today.
1: Thanks, Olivia, for having us. If anyone would like more information, they can just jump onto the ALMA website and they can access the reports there.
0: Thanks, Heather. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Commodity Conversations. If you're looking for more detailed information on commodity markets, you can head to the Mercado website and pick up a premium subscription which will give you full access to all our archive of reports as well as all the fresh analysis as it's delivered and access to our team of analysts. Thanks again, and until next week, take care.